North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, everyone. Dr. Noel back on the show with Dr. Low Radio. Thank you for your continued support for the show and for all of your lovely comments on iTunes. I appreciate it so, so much. If you guys have been listening to the show and you like what you've been hearing, please leave a comment on iTunes. I would so appreciate that. And uh, tonight's show is something that I think so many of us can really benefit from. One of the main symptoms I see in my practice, people coming in as patients, are um, they have low energy, it's fatigue. That's like probably one of the main symptoms. And it's amazing to me, I ask every single patient at their first visit, what is your energy level from zero to ten, ten being the most? And it's, it's really incredible how often people will say two, three, maybe five, and, you know, going through the naturopathic treatments, which so much of what I do is outlined in um, my guest book tonight. We'll be talking with him in a few minutes. Their energy just goes through the roof. And it's not even something that I address necessarily. I'm not even addressing energy specifically. It's just, you know, treating the whole body, getting to the root cause of, of the what's, you know, dragging the energy down. It's amazing how it really just shoots up without even trying. No energy drinks needed. So that's what tonight's show is all about, is how to address fatigue um, with diet and a few other things as well. So excited to jump into that. I know so many of you guys can relate because, I mean, how much money does Starbucks make every year? really staggering and it's because we're all so tired so and I don't think our fatigue is from a Starbucks deficiency necessarily so let's talk more about fatigue tonight so that's what we're in store for before we introduce our guest I'd like to just make a few announcements Um, Halloween is around the corner so in just a few days speaking of fatigue (laughs) and energy zappers it's gonna be a lot of sugar that's coming at us and our children so um, if you'd like some good tips on how to have a healthier Halloween Go ahead over to my clinic's website, shinenaturalmedicine.com, and sign up there for our email updates. And um, one of our doctors wrote a really great article about how to have a healthy Halloween. So do that. We can shoot that over to you. And also, if you are in the San Diego area, we'd love to see you at our uh, one-year anniversary party on November 19th. I'm amazed that it's been a whole year already that we've been open so I feel so blessed. I mean, it's just been great. It's been a really good experience. It's been tiring. I tell you, it's a labor of love, but I feel like things have settled, and um, I just couldn't feel more blessed of how, how stable it's been, actually, for our first year of business. So it's really good. Um, so November 19th, that's a Wednesday night. From 6 to 9, we'll be having um, music, dancing, good food, good drinks just good company. So we'd love to see you guys if you are in the area or if you want to fly in. I actually had a patient drive all the way down from San, uh, San Jose down to our clinic for, the, for our grand opening. So that was really cool. So it's worth the trip. We promise we'll make it worth it. Uh, next week's show, Amir Rosick is going to be on the show talking about EMF, so electromagnetic frequencies, like the things that come from your computers and from your cell phones and all these different devices that we have you know, tied to our hip all the time and what it does and how to protect your body from having that exposure. So check out that show next week. All my shows are usually Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock. And, of course, you can listen to any recorded shows on drlowradio.com. I think there's 100 and something on there. 
Uh, let's see. So on to tonight's show. My guest is Yuri Elkam. He is a health and fitness expert. He's an energy nutritionist, and he's the author of a book I really, really like, The All-Day Energy Diet. Other than his charming good looks, he is most famous for helping people enjoy all-day energy and amazing health in a very short period of time without radical diets or gimmicks. He's also a former pro soccer player and served as the strength and conditioning and nutrition coach at the University of Toronto for seven years. He is on a mission to transform the lives of more than 10 million people by 2018. I believe that he will do it. For more information about Yuri, you can visit alldayenergydiet.com. Yuri, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Low. Yeah, it's good to, have, Lo, good to have you. I'll, I'll answer to all the above. All the above. Cool. Whatever you call me, I'll answer to. How are you doing, my dear? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. You? I'm good. Where? What um, time zone are you in, by the way? Uh, I am in where my Eastern time, so three hours ahead of you. Wow, nine o'clock. Thanks for uh, yeah. being so flexible on the time on coming on here. It's good to have you. And Absolutely. I don't think I, I haven't yeah, seen you in a while. I think I'll be seeing you in January, right? JJ's thing, maybe. Uh, maybe it's the same day as my oldest son's birthday, so I have to. Oh. I, I, I kind of made a compromise last year, so I, I don't know if I'm going to do it this year, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I Fam- have to see you soon. So. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, I I actually really, really love your book. I'm not just saying that. I've been reading through it, and um, one of the things I really love is, as you know, I'm a naturopathic doctor, and we're all about getting to the root cause. And I was thinking, oh, I hope this isn't a book where it's just like eat these foods for energy, which it, it is. You do share foods to eat for energy, but you really do get to a lot of the root issues that zap energy. So I love that, and we'll talk a lot more about that. But before we jump into the meat of the book, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you, some of your you know, personal story getting into all of this. I know you were a soccer player, pro soccer player, and um, strength and conditioning um, and nutrition coach, so you've had a lot of experience in the health industry. But what kind of brought you into this world? I mean, did you have your own health issues or what? You know, Tell me a little bit about your personal story. Yeah, the, the the pro soccer aspect is really like the Hollywood glamour side of things. Even then, it wasn't that glamorous. But the the real the real kind of story is that I grew up with a lot of health issues that were kind of masked by the fact that I was fit. So I was fit that I wasn't healthy, and I didn't realize that until I was in my mid twenties, probably. So I grew up with um, really bad digestive issues to the point where I was like healing over and like in pain after having a bowl of shreddies with two tablespoons of sugar on top. <laughs> like, I wonder why. And uh, so that would be like a daily occurrence. I'd have like uh, toast with cheese, uh, grilled cheese sandwiches, hot dogs, microwave dinners. That was pretty much my diet for, I had close, I'd say about close to 20 years of my life. So really bad digestive issues. I had really bad asthma to the point where I needed like a ventilator and one of those oxygen mask thingamajigs. I don't even know if they even have them anymore. But I was, you know, I required those in my early teens and even before then to even be able to play road hockey with my friends. Um, with eczema, or sorry, with asthma often comes eczema or eczema. So I had really bad uh, skin issues because I was a goalie in soccer. So my hands were always like in my goalie gloves. And I just, okay. I like just remember my hands would look like reptilian. It was crazy. So I would mm. take the bus to school in the springtime and it was warm, right? But I'm wearing like winter gloves to cover up my hands because I was embarrassed by my eczema. And I had very low energy. So I was sleeping 10 to 12 hours a night, falling asleep on the couch after school. 
And yeah, so just really lethargic all the time. And uh, when wow. I was 17, all of this kind of culminated in uh, my senior year of high school when I uh, came home from soccer practice one night. I was taking a shower to kind of clean off, and I was washing my hair. As I kind of washed out my hair and kind of opened my eyes, I noticed that I had a clump of hair in my hands. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? And just to give our listeners some perspective, I had pretty, I was a pretty hairy dude. My dad's Moroccan. So I had a good amount of hair back in the day. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, this is really not normal and not cool. Wipe, you know, get out of the shower, um, towel off, towels full of hair. Uh, now I'm starting to kind of worry a little bit more. Go to bed hoping that I'm going to wake up and it's just like a bad dream. I wake up in the morning and my pillow has got hair all over it. And so I kind of run to the bathroom. I look at, you know, kind of, I had longer hair, so I'm kind of like, you know, lifting up my hair and looking for any kind of bald spots. And I started noticing these coin patches. And so I went to my doctor. They diagnosed me, or he diagnosed me with alopecia, which is an autoimmune condition where the immune system attacks the hair follicles. So their solution was, we don't know what it is. We don't know what causes it. Um, it, it might come and go. And there's really nothing we can do for you other than inject cortisone into your head. So I'm like, thank you, but no thanks. So for eight years, I had no, no solutions um, to this problem. And in the space of six weeks from my, from my diagnosis or from that night in the shower, I had lost all my hair. So everything on my scalp, eyebrows, eyelashes, the whole bit. And eight years was pretty much more or less like that. And then played pro soccer, did that whole thing. I actually studied kinesiology and health sciences uh, before playing pro soccer. So I had a really good understanding of exercise physiology and anatomy, but I was still clueless when it came to kind of healing and nutrition. And even when I was playing soccer, eating terribly. Like I would have like uh, crepes with Nutella before games, like a whole, I was living in France playing. So I have like a whole baguette, just like like ridiculous amounts of carbs uh, and not the good kind. Cause that's what I thought athletes were supposed to eat. So yeah. I retired when I was 24, came back to Toronto and through a series of events, uh, stumbled upon a holistic nutrition school in which many of our professors were naturopathic doctors. And it was like eye opening for me. And mm quickly learns, okay, wow, I mean, the issues that I've been dealing with are largely caused by a lot of a lot of the garbage that I've been eating for most of my life. So I was able to clean up my act, get rid of a lot of the toxicity in my body, and within about two months, started to regrow my hair. My energy went through the roof in a couple of days. My eczema went away. My asthma cleared up. And, you know, since that time, my, my hair has kind of come and gone uh, a little bit. But I think the last bout actually started two years ago, and I really think it was actually as a result of um, a tetanus shot that for some reason I decided to get when I was at my doctor for a regular checkup. And it was almost like two weeks later, I noticed that my hair started falling out again after that. So anyways, um, that's kind of going off a little off tangent, but you know, for me, I realized from like, from a young age, like having no energy sucks. It really does. And seeing the flip side, seeing the light and, and understanding how much more you can get done on this planet when you have energy and how much better you feel it's like, I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, like, we should all be feeling this way. And, and, and to see people falling asleep on the bus or the subway on their way to work when they just got out of bed an hour ago or falling asleep at their desk after lunch, I'm like, that's no way to live. That's Human beings were not designed to be sleeping all the time because if we were, evolutionary-wise, we probably be, we, would, we wouldn't be here. We, we would have been eaten from a, pre, uh, from a predator or something. So yeah. we're meant to be a little more vital. 
and that's you know that's been my mission the last uh, 14 years is to really bring people back to life and and show them how to do that very quickly and safely and as you mentioned uh, at the outset is really kind of getting to some of the deeper issues so yeah yeah well, it's it's amazing. Gosh, you just it's like such an inspirational story, right? You're so sick, asthma, eczema, alopecia, just digestive issues, fatigue, all of it and healed it, you know, all naturally. It's really it's incredible and I can hear you're just fired up to help other people because you've had really a miracle. I mean, so much of this doctors say is ir- un- incurable, you know? All of it, really. I mean, pretty much everything you had, they really say there's no cure for it and you you were able to heal your body. So it's amazing. Wow. Good job. <laughs> and, well, thank you. I mean, like, it's not like a, I'm not like I still have, you know, it's not, like right now I'm oh, in yeah, a, it's always guess, a journey. What you call a flare up, whatever. But it's yeah. what what I've realized is that like low energy is a warning sign that something more problematic is going on inside of you. So unless you listen to the fact that your body is saying, hey, um, you should probably do something about this because otherwise we're not going to be able to continue doing this for too long, too much longer. In my case, it's alopecia. Somebody else's case, it might be Hashimoto's. It might be who knows what, right? So, yeah, yeah. And that's that's so important. I think that that's really the key thing is knowing that okay, I'm tired. This is a clue of something. Not oh, I need a Red Bull or oh, I need some coffee, right? It's like I'm I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Okay, why? And that's when you start to really understand all of that and know what all these different signals mean and what it is that zaps your energy. And then that's when you're really empowered because you go, okay, it's for this reason. It's really just a, a gauge to know I got to take better care of myself or I got to say no to some things or I need to schedule a, a vacation or something. So, so let's kind of get a bigger perspective of this. Um, people are so tired, you know, Starbucks are popping up all over the place and you can kind of tell like what makes so much money. It's like, okay, there's under underlying need that's there. And Starbucks is one issue, the five hour energy, right. You know, Red Bull. I mean, all these things are just all over the place because people are so tired. So why are we so freaking tired? I think there's a couple of fundamental reasons. I think first and foremost, our biology has not evolved at all since we first landed on this planet. So we are not able to deal with the um, exponential increase in terms of our society, technologically, the pace of it. And the reason why that is is because our body is designed for fight or flight in periods of stress. And that was fine when we had to run away from something or hunt something down. But when we're constantly in that state of fight or flight, that sympathetic stress response, that becomes a very taxing um, across all of the systems in the body um, process. Hey there, Yuri. Looks sounds like you cut out. Yuri, I'm gonna mute you and bring you back on. Can you hear me, Yuri? Uh oh. Go ahead and hang up and call back, my dear. <laughs> Bummer. Okay, so we will um, just wait a few minutes for Yuri to call back. I've had some really good luck. This hasn't happened in like almost a year, I would say. See if he calls back in just a second. Okay. Let's see. I can do like the Jeopardy theme song for you guys. What can I share with you guys? I should have like a list of things that I can talk about in case I have my my uh, collar drop. Hmm. I can 
start by filling you guys in on what I did over the weekend. How about that? So I <laughs> called, or actually went and visited my brother out in Indiana, which was amazing. Um, I hadn't seen him in almost five years, I want to say. And um, I will confess to you guys, I have been doing my own version of the Whole30, and I, and this actually relates to this topic tonight, I went off track. I'm just going to confess that right now. I went off track. I had some some um, some sugar over the weekend, and I got to tell you guys, I was dragging. I was feeling so good before that. I had the best energy, mental clarity, mood, everything. I was amazed of how much I could remember, and my just really my memory, my sharpness was great. And then I noticed that after having some sugar, I had to take a nap. I was so tired. It's really incredible what <laughs> what happens with the connection between your diet and your energy. And um, and I noticed too, and I've, I hear this from patients that when you start to cut out sugar and you start to really get cleaned out, you know, so digestion gets better, your hormones get balanced, you start to identify your food sensitivities and cut those out you realize you actually become more sensitive to things, which kind of sucks because you're, it's like you think of like a Ferrari, right, a really pristine car, and then starting to give it really crappy fuel, it doesn't run as well. Or if it, if it needs the oil change, it starts to get mucked up, and it's just not running so well. And it's really like our bodies. So you start to clean it out, healthy fuel, you start to do crap, and then, again, you're feeling bad again. So I really, really noticed a connection with that and uh, got me back on track again. So and and I think we all can relate to that, you know. All right, I think I see Yuri on. Sorry. Welcome I, back, I you there. Take, I didn't even realize the call just dropped. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Welcome back. I was um, mostly killing time, but also giving my own experience of this. That uh, over the weekend, I ate sugar and I felt really crappy. So I was just, you know, letting people feel like they can relate to me because <laughs> I deal with this myself. So, so but should I start all the way at the beginning again? Or? <laughs> so no, where, no, no, no. I, I, I heard. Off? I heard um, when you were talking about, um, you know, caveman ancestors and how we did not evolve to um, have this kind of lifestyle. Talk, I heard you talking about sympathetic um, response, so all of that I got. Okay. So continue so, wherever. So, essentially we're, so we're dealing with a, a lifestyle that is exponentially more stressful than we're used to dealing with or than we're, we're biologically capable of dealing with, in addition to the fact that we're eating a lot more processed and fast foods, which are not giving our bodies any kind of nutritional value. So we're nutrient deficient, which is a problem all, you know, all by itself. And then we're relying on, uh, then there's obviously environmental toxicity, which is a big problem, um, especially from like hormone dysregulation and stuff. But then we also have the fact that we're using the very foods or quick fixes that are further robbing us of energy. So we're turning to caffeine and sugar, for instance, for a quick jolt of energy. And what they're doing is they are giving us a short fix, but then they're essentially draining our energy because of what they do to our blood sugar levels and adrenal function. So there are stimulants, and stimulants are handled by the adrenal glands as is, as, is, as any kind of stress. And so when we, when we add the burden of lifestyle, daily stress with caffeine and sugar, with all this other stuff going on, it's just like this overloading amount of just stuff. And eventually the adrenal glands, you know, they, they can't keep up anymore. And, you know, so we're not able to cope with daily living because the adrenal glands allow, they, they produce cortisol. And cortisol, you know, gets a bad rap because everyone thinks cortisol is bad. Well, too much and too little of it is not a good thing, but we want that ideal kind of middle range where cortisol is actually somewhat protective against stress. And if we're not producing enough of it because we're just burned out, then we can't even deal with 
you know, the occasional emotional upset. And, you know, so we, we look at things like caffeine and sugar as these, uh, these things that are required to just function. Um, but the reality is that we're, we're using sugar and caffeine like we are credit cards. So we're, we're, we're thinking that caffeine and sugar is to health or to energy what credit cards are to financial wealth. So it's like, oh, it's okay. I can buy this pair of shoes with my credit card, but I don't have the money to pay for it. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with, co- with coffee. I, I, I need this coffee because I don't feel energetic, and it's going to give me a little jolt, but I'm going to feel it afterwards. I'm going to feel the effects of that caffeine crash or that sugar crash afterwards, and then I'll just go for another fix. So we, we're going through this up and down roller coaster every single day, and it's not going to change until we make a decision to say, you know what? this is not working out for me. I mean, I need to do something differently. And those are some of the big reasons that I see that a lot of yeah. people are suffering from low energy. And that, I mean, that, that encompasses all sorts of hormonal imbalances too. So thyroid issues, obviously adrenal issues, you know, all sorts of stuff. So people listening, they're going, oh my God, well, I have to have my coffee. If I don't have it, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get through the day. So what would you say to someone who has that panic attack? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what I would say is, um, you haven't really lived a day. Like, you, it's almost like, um, I, I don't know if there's, um, I'm trying to think if, I'm trying to think if there's a movie that's a good analogy here, but I don't know. Let's just imagine we're in this, we're in this like imaginary world and we only know what's, what, what's inside these big walls that we can't see outside of. But what if on the other side of those walls was this amazing, amazing land of richness and just vibrancy and it was like, yeah. what, like this whole time I've been stuck in this little, you know, this little thing, and I, I didn't even know it was outside, outside of the other, you know, outside of the wall. And it's the same thing with caffeine. When you're when you're so fixed on, I can't function without my coffee, you simply don't. You haven't seen the light. It's like you you don't know how good you can feel until mm-hmm. you felt that way. And there's no amount of explanation that can make you understand that. You just have to go through the caffeine withdrawal, you have to get off the drug because it is a drug and you have to go through those first one or two days where you feel like crap and then you nourish your body with the right foods and, you know, the right kind of nutrients and you come back to life and you come back to life times 10 and then you're like, why on earth would I ever have a coffee again? And I'm not saying you can't have coffee if you enjoy the taste, that's fine, but it's relying on caffeine or coffee as a way of functioning that's not healthy. And right, right. That's a dependency, right? And that's that's a yeah. You, using it as a treat or just you know an experience to have you know occasionally versus having it as your daily drug. Very different yeah, kind exactly. of concept. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like so, full disclosure. I mean, I have I'll have the occasional decaf latte, you know. But yeah. that's for me. It's more of like uh, I'll just put a little caffeine and do some work. But it's not like I require coffee to you know to, to function. Yeah. Right. I had a, a decaf latte today with coconut or almond milk and I left it in my car and I didn't even realize until I think like two o'clock that I did that because I'm I don't rely on coffee so and I've been drinking some green tea lately I I love green tea but I I, I it's again I can't do too much otherwise I'll feel a little kind of jittery but um but green tea I think is a great alternative for people who are trying to get off of coffee it's loaded with antioxidants it's preventative for cancer um Men need to be careful if they do too much it can lower testosterone. So I think men don't know that, but um, but it's it's a great alternative I think. So I love that you talk about um, uh, some of the the biggest robbers of energy. You've mentioned caffeine. I know that's one of them. What are the other ones that can zap energy and people might not even know it? 
Yeah, so I would I would group caffeine and sugar together because they have very similar effects inside the body on the adrenal glands as well as the uh, blood sugar levels. So they they both lead to a rise in blood sugar, and if there's a rise in blood sugar, then there's going to be a, a spike in insulin, which is a hormone that takes sugar out of the blood and stores it, and as a result, we have this crash, and then you feel like you're going to pass out, so you go for more sugar or more caffeine, and then you go through that cycle all over again. So sugar and caffeine, I kind of put together as one. The other big one is wheat or gluten-containing foods. And this is one that's kind of under the radar. Uh, there's a number of reasons for this, but the, the big issue here is gluten. Gluten is very problematic for, especially when it comes to autoimmune diseases. diseases. It's like, it's like the, 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 worst, you know, the worst terrorist um, yeah. for, for those specific issues because it attacks the gut lining. It's, um, you know, for instance, with, if we're talking specifically about energy, it's a very high, there's a very high correlation between gluten consumption and Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's is, accounts for about 90% of hypothyroidism cases, and that's an autoimmune disorder which can come about with constant gluten consumption because gluten, the protein, actually looks very similar to the protein structure of your thyroid tissue. So with constant exposure in the bloodstream, your immune system can get confused due to molecular mimicry and see the thyroid tissue as potentially this foreign invader that it's not too sure what to do with. And that's, for me, what I believe happened with my autoimmune disorder is that I, I ate copious amounts of bread. Like, I was just like, I could, have, I could have been a peasant back in the medieval ages with, like, bread <laughs> and water. I would, have been, I would have been happy. And even to this day, it's like, bread is my nemesis. So I don't have it in the house because yeah, environment is more, power than will, more powerful than willpower. So... Mm-hmm. You know, if removing bread, there, it's, it's funny because I don't know if you get this question, but the most common question I get asked is, okay, Yuri, if I don't eat bread, what am I supposed to do? It's mm-hmm. like there's no other food on the planet <laughs> that doesn't revolve around bread. around bread. Right. So it's one of those things where you just, people need to have a plan in place. They need to be better prepared and they just need to have better options. So bread has no redeeming health qualities doesn't matter what you see on TV. It has fiber. Okay, cool. You can get fiber from pretty much any other plant food. Um, right. What else does it have? Nothing, right? It's like you make a sandwich with it. Well, great. You can make sandwiches with other almond flour-based breads, or you can use you know, nori as a cool wrap, or you can use cabbage leaves or whatever. There's all sorts of really cool alternatives. But it's funny because I, one of the most common questions I get asked, because I talk about, a lot about the importance of for instance, getting more green vegetables into your diet. People ask me, okay, well, I've, I've heard a lot of stuff on like raw cruciferous vegetables and thyroid and then like the goitrogens and stuff. And the reality is that there's really no human studies that show any negative impact of raw cruciferous vegetables in moderate intake on thyroid function. Yet they totally forget about, oh, maybe I shouldn't be eating this bread because the bread is probably the bigger issue with respect to, you know, destroying my thyroid. So yeah. I think bread is, is it's, just, it's just not a good thing to be having. Um, so that's a big one. And then there's the, the, there's the obvious ones. Like anything that's pretty much in a box or package, you know, it's, just, it's not good for you. Let's just be very yeah. honest. If it's, if it's advertised on TV, it shouldn't be in your body. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's stuff for in there sure. that, who, know, you know, who knows where it's been produced and it doesn't do our body good. 
Yeah. Yeah, and you you mentioned with the gluten, it's it's so much that so much energy your body has to expend in order to break it down and digest it. And and same thing with just eating, like overeating, right? It's like we've all had that experience. We just stuff ourselves Thanksgiving, we want to go take a nap and <laughs> you know, it's so so you say something in your book that eating less can actually give you more energy. So talk a little bit about that and how does someone actually know how much to eat? Yeah, this is um this is an interesting and controversial topic, and I'm actually my next book is going to be much more detailed into this specific area because I think there's a lot of misinformation. I think we've been we've been fed the lie of eating two to three times, sorry, uh, the, we've been fed the lie of eating every two to three hours. I don't think yeah. that's a very healthy way of eating for most people. Maybe if you're diabetic and you have to stabilize blood sugar, but here's the thing, um, you know, we, we're scared to miss a meal because if we miss a meal, our metabolism is going to shut down. The reality is that if you're eating all the time, your body is constantly using energy to digest food, which means that it doesn't have the energy to repair cells, to break down immune complexes, to use the energy for, like, movement. And you, I mean, you talked about Thanksgiving dinner. That's a perfect example. You know, I think we've all had some degree of, of physical exertion in our lives where we've, we've felt pretty tired. But I don't think anything tires you out like a huge meal does. It's like you have a huge Thanksgiving meal and it's just like you're like like coma, like comatose at the table. You know, if you, if you, I mean, when I played soccer, I don't think I was ever that exhausted. You know, it was a different type of fatigue, but it wasn't like I'm going to fall asleep on the spot. And that's what a lot of food consumption does to your body. Digestion is arguably the most energy intense process. And if we're eating foods that require a lot of digestive vitality to break down, that's going to rob us of energy that, that could be used on other things. So by eating less, not all the time, but, you know, strategically, you can have days where you have less food, other days where you have no food. There's a lot of science showing the benefits of a one-day intermittent fast on reestablishing um, insulin levels, growth hormone levels, burning more fats, uh, all sorts of just amazing benefits. But also just, you know, from a longevity perspective, we know scientifically that, one of the only ways that we know of that has been shown to extend lifespan, at least in animals, is frugality, is eating less. And so there's been a lot of animal studies that are still being conducted on consuming about 30% fewer calories. And it just makes sense because if your body is not having to digest food, it's able to repair and do other things that are necessary for good health. And it's it's, it's no wonder why every major religion has some level of fasting involved in their, you know, in their, uh, in their prescription. And um, there's just a lot of benefits. So I'm not saying you have to obviously eat no food, but we don't have to eat as much as we think we do. And what I've noticed personally is that a couple of years ago, I set a goal for myself to gain 15 pounds in two months. I was like, yeah, was, I've never been one to really put on muscle. I never really cared about it. But I was like, yeah, let's give this a shot. And what I realized within the first month is I put on eight pounds, but I was like miserable because I was eating all the time. I was having dinner and then having a smoothie on top of the dinner and I was wow. eating nonstop. And it was just like, that's kind of the name of the game when you want to put on, when you want to put on that kind of weight. And there's this, this kind of, there's an inverse relationship between the amount of food you can eat or the amount of food you eat and how energetic you feel. Right. And so it's kind of striking that balance between eating enough for your nutritional needs, but, you know, you don't have to go crazy and, um, and obviously not eating nothing because eventually you'll just wither away to nothing. 
So it's about striking that balance and really finding out what's going to work for you. And yeah, I think it's I think it's amazingly powerful. And again, it's it'll actually save you money at the grocery store. Right. Yeah. Totally. We we did a show. God, I think it was like two years ago. It was on uh, water fasting, and I'm a huge fan of water fasting. I think if it's done really carefully and um, even long term fast fasting, doing um, you know blood testing, just make sure levels of like potassium and things like that are are, are healthy. But and, but the key is you got to just do nothing. You got to hibernate, which a lot of people have a hard time cutting out. You know, carving out enough time in their schedule to do that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, all the major religions, you mentioned they all have fasting as part of that, fasting and meditation. And, and I did actually a 10-day water fast years ago, and um, it was amazing how much energy I had. It was really crazy. I actually needed less sleep. I slept, like, I think six hours a night, and I felt great. And it's like you said, you're, yeah. just, you're not using all that energy to, to digest food. And um, I didn't have to wear any deodorant. I don't, people listening are like, gross. I seriously didn't even have to use soap. I just rinsed with water. I didn't use any deodorant, no tooth toothpaste like this i know i'm really grossing people out but i didn't smell it was just amazing like i didn't have any toxins going in i was able to just relax and it sounds like a dream right now actually to do that maybe one day i can do it again but but yeah it's um it's fascinating one of the things you talk about in your book that i would love to talk a little bit about and we we talked about this um i think a few months back on um ph um you talk about acidity and alkalinity how it affects your body um how does that affect energy i think that's a very confusing topic for people yeah, so I was um, I was on Dr. Oz uh, a couple well, a couple months ago, I guess now, and the topic of the segment was about this, and it was they wanted to find a visual to demonstrate this, and I was talking about pH balance in the blood, and it's still a controversial topic medically. Like some people say it's you know it's BS and all this stuff, so we we kind of diverted the attention to the kidneys, which is really the the master regulator for pH balance in the body, so eventually, like essentially what it boils down to is this. If your, your blood needs to be alkaline, it needs to be slightly alkaline, it's kept within that range very, very tightly and very efficiently, and it doesn't really go outside of that range. But you can eat foods in a way that supports the pH balance of your blood via its metabolism in the kidneys in a much more effective way um, by eating certain foods, predominantly like green foods, vegetables, low glycemic fruit, stuff like that. So... The whole issue is that in order to feel energetic, your red blood cells, which are in your blood, that carry oxygen, need to get to your cells. And in order for them to get there, your blood has to be in a healthy alkaline state. Otherwise, in an acidic environment or a slightly less alkaline environment, your red blood cells, or even in the presence of yeast and fungus and, and, uh, and different parasites, can lose their integrity and start to stick together. And it's almost like sitting in traffic. So if you're in a car trying to get from A to B and you're stuck in traffic, you're not going to be getting anywhere very quickly. So you're very you know, sluggish and lethargic. And if your blood is sluggish and lethargic because your red blood cells are kind of stuck together, then you're going to feel the same way. Conversely, if your blood is healthy and your red blood cells are well-formed and they're, you know, they're getting the proper nutrients and the proper alkalinity, they're not sticking together. The electromagnetic charge around them maintains and they're able to repel each other properly so they can flow freely as if you were driving on the highway at two in the morning. And that's really the basis of energy is if, if you eat in a way that alkalizes your blood or alkalizes your body, different fluids obviously have different pH balances, but let's just call it the body for a second. What you do by eating for, when you, when you eat alkaline forming foods, these are essentially foods that 
when they are digested or metabolized in the kidneys, give off more alkaline minerals like potassium, magnesium, and calcium than they do protein and phosphorus. And when you eat more of those foods, you allow your blood to maintain its ideal kind of homeostasis, that point of balance where it needs to be in. And therefore, oxygen can get from A to B very efficiently. If we start relying on foods like the North American diet, which is very acidic, then we're starting to get more protein and phosphorus, less of those alkaline minerals, and now we're offsetting that balance. So now our body requires a lot more of its alkaline buffers, be it calcium or bicarbonate, and it starts pulling in those reserves to try to maintain that alkalinity in the blood, and it does so, but it also compromises a lot of other systems, and it can compromise the integrity of our red blood cells at the same time. And I don't know if you do um, live cell microscopy or live blood cell analysis at your clinic, but it's, it's something I find is just when you see your blood under a microscope live, it's just, it's amazing. And you can see the changes very quickly over the space of 7, 14 days um, with some very s- small dietary changes. And when you see your blood like stacked together like poker chips one week and then the next week you go back and you actually see things floating around normally, it's like, That's wow, so this, cool. is, this is powerful stuff. Yeah. yeah, we don't do that in my clinic. Um, so many of my patients are out of state, but um, but I have had some instructors who have done that in their clinics and you know were trained in doing that. So it's it's really fascinating. I think that's it's a good motivational tool too, right? You see that and like, oh, I want I want my blood to to be all bouncy and not sticking together. So it's, yeah, it's that's awesome. Right, for sure. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's one, one of those things... areas. Sorry, go ahead. All right, go ahead, my dear. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say it's it's one of those areas that like I'm a very I'm a very open-minded person, but I'm also very rooted in science. So I like to see the yeah. evidence. But at the same time, I'm also very open-minded to understand that certain things that are not scientifically, let's say, um, accepted yet, yeah. doesn't mean that they don't. Doesn't mean that they're not true. You know, 100 years ago, medicine is very different than it is today, and 100 years from now, it might be very different uh, as well. So, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, within the idea that comes forth, there's always ridicule. There's always going to be violent um, uh, obstruction or opposition against it until eventually that idea is kind of held as true. And, you know, one of the, I guess almost 100, well, I guess 90 years ago, Otto Warburg was one of the first scientists. He actually won a Nobel Prize for showing that cancer cannot grow in an alkaline environment. So if you are, um, if your body is alkaline, if it's full of oxygen, which oxygen and alkalinity go hand in hand, Cancer cannot grow. Cancer requires an acidic, sugar-rich environment to grow. And when we provide, that's why I often tell my, my clients, how you heal anything is how you heal everything, more or less, yeah. you know, 95% of it. And if you, if you deal with the foundation, if you focus on alkalizing your body, if you focus on eating a lower in, inflammatory diet with more nutrients, that's going to solve the majority of problems. And then obviously there's a couple of little you know, nuances for various uh, conditions, but it's, you know, it's really not rocket science. And it's unfortunate that the medical community is so, like even with the naturopathic and holistic, you know, even chiropractic professions, they're so like at arms. And it's just, so, it's almost like they're trying to protect themselves from, you know, from something that's not uh, taught in medical school. Yeah. I was just thinking, it's coming to mind, one of the things we do in our clinic a lot is hydrogen peroxide IVs. And it's amazing right. how, and which is basically just water plus oxygen. It's just H2O2. Mm-hmm. And um, 
And uh, it's it's fascinating how, because we're oxygenating the, the blood. So at first, people will say, hey, I noticed this IV made me more tired because it's starting to wake up their immune system, they're detoxing. But as they push through that, maybe the second or third IV, they notice, wow, I had so much energy from that IV. And they we're alkalinizing the blood, you know, or we're um, creating an environment that's very preventative for things like cancer and, and all of that. And, and, of course, a lot of my distant patients can't do IVs. So I want to get into some of the things that people can add into their diet to help to alkalinize or some of even these superfoods. I love talking about superfoods. I'm going to be doing a lecture on that uh, with the next Paleo FX, how to add superfoods into the Paleo diet to make it that much more healing and really optimal. So talk a little bit about that. What are some of your favorite superfoods that really can help to boost energy and just doing all these benefits you've been talking about? Yeah, so I like to think of like super groups of foods because I think as a class of a class of foods, green leafy vegetables are like they're the the epitome of of, of nutritional energy value. Kale, mm-hmm. Swiss chard, spinach, dark le- dark lettuces. Um, they're like in terms of the bang for buck, the nutrients that they provide is unparalleled. The trick is that they're so fibrous that it's actually probably more beneficial if you juice them. Or, or blend them because then you can kind of break them away from some of the fiber and get access to those nutrients. Um, you can, again, like if you have a thousand calories of um, kale, it's very different than a thousand calories of a Twinkie, you know, same thousand calories, but very, very different effect in the body. And the reason greens are so powerful is because, you know, ounce for ounce, they provide probably the most nutritional benefit out of any food on the planet. Um, and they're also the highest, they also provide the highest level of alkaline minerals, potassium, calcium, magnesium. They're also loaded with chlorophyll, which is the pigment that gives greens their green color. And chlorophyll, the cool thing about it is actually it's a blood builder. It's been shown in a lot of animal studies to help, and some, uh, some human studies to help anemic patients in terms of rebuilding blood because the chlorophyll molecule is actually the exact same molecular structure as hemoglobin, which is in our red blood cells, and the exact same molecular structure as vitamin B12. And all three of those help with healthy blood. The only difference is that hemoglobin has an iron core, chlorophyll has a magnesium core, and B12 has a cobalt core. So it's very interesting when you start kind of looking at similarities and, and how, some of their, um, you know, how some of the similarities kind of have a, a similar impact on, on the body. So green leafy vegetables for me are the number one. And I think the easiest way to incorporate them is by making a green juice, or a green smoothie. And um, for me, so like, it doesn't matter if it's kale, Swiss chard, spinach, doesn't really matter. I think the key is a variety and rotation because um, you can have the healthiest food every single day and eventually develop a sensitivity to it by just wearing down your enzyme pathways to that specific food. So rotate your foods as much as possible. Um, above and beyond that, like I'm a huge, I love berries. Berries, whether it be like a super goji berry or just the plain old blueberry. I mean, berries are like they're low glycemic, so they're not going to really spike your blood sugar. They provide so many antioxidants, uh, so well researched to fight all sorts of diseases and cancers and all sorts of stuff, and they taste amazing. So, mm-hmm. you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think anybody can go that far wrong having, you know, unlimited amounts of berries. So unlimited amounts, I mean, let's, we're not talking about like a truckload, but a couple of bowls a day is not going to hurt anyone. Uh, so those are just kind of my two favorite categories. I also am a huge fan of healthy fats. I spend like half my time trying to get people away from counting calories and worrying about fats because it's, mm, it's two, of the biggest, the two of the biggest issues, you know? And we've, yeah. we've been on this low-fat kick for 
30, 40 years. And obviously it's not working because we're seeing more obesity than ever before. And with even with all the information out there saying that sugar is the cause, refined carbohydrates are the main cause, still people are scared of fats. Here's the thing. Fats don't spike your insulin. And therefore, they're not going to be stored as fat like sugar would be because sugar is what spikes insulin. And insulin is the main storage hormone. So when we're looking at healthy fats like fish oil, algae oil that are loaded with like DHA, which is so important for the brain, um, there's so many studies. It's ridiculous how many studies there are out there that show the benefits of fish oil on blood pressure, triglycerides, cholesterol, like everything. It's crazy. It'd be like, it's insane unless you have uh, extra on blood thinners. It would be insane not to be taking a fish oil as far as I'm concerned. I think pretty much everybody can benefit from it. There's so many just wide-reaching benefits. Um, but like just really good omega-3 fatty acids, fish oil, algae oil, hemp seed oil, flax oil, those are all really good sources of getting, again, these anti-inflammatory healthy fats into our body. Coconut oil, grass-fed organic butter, these are amazing fats that help produce, they, they help create the cell membranes around your cells. They help build healthy nervous tissue. I mean, like your brain is composed predominantly of fats. You know, like you want it to be the good fat, not the bad fat. So, you know, those are some of the, the big kind of superfoods that I really enjoy. And I don't go too crazy with a lot of the exotic ones because I think... Mm-hmm. Yuri, I think it dropped you again. Can you hear me? Oh, man. I hope he calls back in. Oh, it dropped again. Okay, we're going to wait for him to call back so we can wrap up the show. Um, okay. So let's see. I want to share with you guys some of my favorite superfoods. Let's do that. Actually, I think he's back on. Yuri, are you there? Can you hear me? I'm here. Sorry. Apparently so my, uh, my my connection here is just, uh, I live in I live in Toronto. You think my connection would be a bit better? So <laughs> it's all good. It's live radio, you know. It happens. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so I was just saying, like for me, my favorite superfoods are really the ones that you can find in your produce aisle at your local grocery store. Yeah, yeah. Just to wrap up the superfoods um, part, I was just going to share while I was killing time. Um, <laughs> I like dropped a little <laughs> teaser of my favorite superfoods. So um, definitely green tea. Love it. Love it. Um, turmeric. Obviously, it's great anti-inflammatory, but definitely the berries um, and and uh, fish for sure. Fish and ghee, ghee's a wonderful one. So you Mm -hmm. already said all all of those really. And then the the yolks of the eggs. It drives me crazy when people do egg whites. Makes me want to jump off a cliff. I'm like, eat the egg, eat the whole thing. Like when you go to those uh, breakfast bars and it's like, I'll just have an egg white omelet, and you're just standing there, like, just put the damn yolk in. Like. Drives me nuts. Yeah, for sure. And it's like you know, the patients I have who we start to add the yolks back in their diet, they feel so much better, and their hair gets shinier, their skin gets more moisturized, they don't have depression like they did. It's like just the basics, you know. It makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things you talk about in your book, which I love, is oh, one of the kind of hands-on at-home tests you can do to check for adrenal. Um, function so mm-hmm. it's the pupil test which we call in medical school we call it arroyo's test i don't know who arroyo was but maybe someone who identified this pupil test but can you give the listeners a little bit of kind of instruction of how they can do that maybe they can look in the mirror and check that at home yeah this is a really cool 30 second eye exam pretty much um, and it's a really good kind of pre-exam if you wanted to go get further testing afterwards so this will give you an indication as to the state of your adrenals more or less 
So you take a flashlight and go into your bathroom, and it's uh, you're gonna close the door and lights out. So it's it's not one of those like Ouija board type of uh, yeah. <laughs> and then thing. you say Bloody but, Mary, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you're gonna look in the mirror, and you're gonna take the flashlight and you're gonna flash it, or you're gonna shine it at one of your eyes at a 45 degree angle. So what happens is in the dark, your pupil naturally dilates to try to get more light into your optical area, right? So you can see. So what happens is when you flash the light at your eye in the dark, what you should see in the mirror is a constriction of the pupil because now the light is a form of stress. So the adrenal glands now pump out the the adrenal hormones to constrict the muscles to keep the muscles around the pupil constricted, right? Because you get, you're kind of dealing with stress. So if your pupil remains constricted for about 20 seconds or more, then your adrenal glands are working more or less pretty healthy because they're able to pump out enough of those hormones, adrenaline, cortisol, to keep the muscles activated and constricted. If your pupil constricts and then dilates after a few seconds, then that's, that's starting to become a warning sign that, okay, it's like, mm, we don't have enough oomph to keep those muscles constricted. Therefore, the adrenals are not able to produce enough of those hormones to do their job. If you flash the light and your pupil initially constricts and then right away dilates, then you know that your adrenals are pretty much toast. So obviously, <laughs> it's a free test. It takes 30 seconds to do, but obviously, you'd probably want to follow that up with like a salivary hormone test to get more specifics. But it's a gr- it's very, I mean... For me, I've, and, and for the people that I've worked with, it's a very, very good um, indicator of where your adrenals are. And it's, um, yeah. it's, actually, it's, it's actually pretty cool, too, if you just did this testing, let's say, once every two weeks, you know, however, how, however often you wanted to do it, and just look at the difference in the health or in the response of that, uh, that little test. I remember when I did this in medical school. I haven't done it since then. It's probably been like, I don't know, six years, seven years, something like that. And uh, it pretty much was toast. It, it, you know, it constricted and then dilated pretty fast. And it kind of did this pumping action where it tried to stay open and then it constricted and it sort of did a back and forth. <laughs> like, oh, my poor little adrenals. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think that's probably a common thing for pretty much anybody going through your schooling. Oh, yeah. I think so. Nothing naturopathic about naturopathic school, that's for sure. So the last thing I want to touch on before, because our time has flown, is, and I love that you talk about this in your book, which I was not expected to read, was really about passion and purpose and how that can be such an energy zapper if it's something that, you know, you don't really have kind of a, a handle on and knowing what it is that lights you up and what it is that you're creating in your life. If you're just not having much purpose, like you don't really want to get out of bed or you probably just need those stimulants just to kind of keep going, you know. And uh, kind of a way I think of this is my experience of my favorite day. So when I was a little kid, I decided that September 27th is my favorite day just because I was like, why is it that so-and-so gets a holiday and, you know, the birthdays, you don't really get to get to decide. So I just decided it's the most random day I could possibly think of. So I made it my favorite day. And I kid you not, it's the craziest thing. I might've talked about this on the podcast before, but I haven't in a while. It happens like clockwork where September 27th rolls around and it's the crappiest day, the way it starts. And it's just like, I'm running late or I wake up with a headache or something. Right. And then I get a little reminder on my phone that pops up and it says favorite day. And it's like immediately I'm smiling from ear to ear. The rest of the day is so great, and it's like it's just this my own little personal holiday. And 
it's amazing just the effect of the mind, right? It's like just choosing to have a wonderful day and choosing to see it as something really special. It's like when you're a little kid, it's Christmas morning, you wake up, you're so excited, or you know you're going to Disneyland that day or something. It's like the, the mind is so powerful and immediately happier, immediately just, you know, ener- energy through the roof. So can you talk a little bit about that, like just, you know, or what you covered in your book with this around passion, purpose, you know, just how the mind has such a huge effect with this concept of energy, yeah. So, I mean, as you can tell, I'm, I'm not very passionate about this topic. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, like for me, what I've realized is that like you can have, I, I know, I know we, we probably all know people who are like really successful and lead the least, un, like the most unhealthy lives ever, but they, they're still somehow surviving and thriving right. um, because they love what they do. Not to say that that's going to be a sustainable thing to keep doing, but um, on the flip side, there are people who are orthorexic. They're, they're obsessed with everything health and like every little calorie and molecule and microgram and all this stuff, and they're miserable because it's like they're obsessing about this stuff. Um, I also think there's, there's a huge epidemic of people who are just unhappy because they're, we live in a culture that is complacent by nature, and I think if we look at a lot of the immigrants that have come over to Canada and the U.S. in the last, let's say, 70 years, they're really the big success stories. They're the ones who come over here with no money and they work their butt off and they're so grateful for the opportunity to have freedom as opposed to being in a country where everyone gets the same ration of bread. Um, and they've experienced the, you know, they've experienced that. And now they come over here and they're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Where so many of us live in this culture from day one. And we're like, Oh, it's not hot enough outside. I'm going to like, you know, it's just okay. like this just really lazy, complacent culture. And I think it's, it's an epidemic. I really think it's it's probably the biggest reason for the economic downturns in the United States is just this this cultural mindset mindset of laziness and complacency. And I think this whole notion of retirement is ridiculous because retirement is essentially death. For, for as far as I'm concerned, if you're not doing something you absolutely love, what's the point of being on this planet? I'm not saying obviously like there's obviously other reasons, but we're put on this planet, I think, to grow and learn and make this planet better than when we found it. So I think it's all of our missions to find, whether it takes 20 years or 80 years, find that thing in our lives that we're passionate about and that we can contribute to on a day-to-day basis. So my mom, as an example, is 64 and she's been retired for four years. And my wife was just talking to her today and she's like, like, you really have to find something that you're passionate about doing. And like she'll spend an hour and a half on the phone with Dell to figure out a computer problem. She'll go to Costco for three hours to go shopping because she has nothing else to do. This, this is how people die. This is like, yeah. That's how people finish their lives um, prematurely. And I think even when you're 30, 35, 40, going through your work career, if you're doing something you absolutely hate, you are essentially dying like a, a wilting flower. So, I mean... <laughs> Obviously, this is something I'm very, um, very adamant about because I'm very fortunate. We're both very fortunate to do what we love. And it's frustrating to see people settle for a life of just like mediocrity when, when they're like, oh, I'm just going to do this for another 20 years and then I'm going to retire and then lay on a beach. Well, you know what? Right. You can lay on the beach, and, but that's not really going to fulfill you. So you have to find something that it doesn't have to be for money necessarily, but something that you enjoy doing something that really lights you up every single day is that in conjunction with a healthy lifestyle 
is going to turn you into an invincible machine. Because here's the other thing to consider, is that there are so many technological and medical advances that are happening in the next decade that most of us will be living, I'm going to be living to 144. That's, my, that's kind of my, my, uh, my number. Most of us are going to be living far beyond where we think we're going to live to. And so we better find a way to fill those years with as much passion and excitement as we can. Otherwise, like, what's the point of going on? Yeah, I was just meeting with my uh, my insurance agent a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, and he said we're kind of plotting it out, like doing some investing stuff. And he said, so, um, you know, when do you want to stop working? Like, when do you want to, you know, retire? And I said, I don't don't ever want to stop working. <laughs> I don't ever want to retire. It's like this is my passion. Yeah. I don't. Because I know it's like as soon as you do that, then it's you know it's like what's the point? Why why would I even? It's like it's, you can yeah, yeah you like, can schedule in vacations and you can schedule in time to go to the beach if those are things you want to do. But you you work your life around your passions and then then you're not working. You're just doing what you love. Yeah, I know. I think it's like work, for whatever reason, like work is a four letter word in our culture. You know, yeah. What's wrong with work? You know, like the work is amazing. It's just I love work. You know, it's it's great. Mm. But I also enjoy balancing that up with spending time with my family and taking time off, but I'm never going to stop working for sure. Yeah. So um, I love all of this. This this is like, really, I mean, if people apply this stuff, it's really, it's life changing. Let's give the listeners like three tangible takeaways of to do now that can really help with energy. um, And then uh, we can close up. Yeah. So start your day with a green juice or a green smoothie. Um, right away you're going to get four to five, six servings of vegetables and fruit. If you need something more substantial afterwards, um, not so much if you're having a smoothie, but if you're having a green juice, you can have something a little more substantial like eggs, avocado, whatever you want for breakfast that's healthy. Um, but every day, uh, first thing you can do is start, start on the right foot. If you start with the green juice, I'm telling you everything else becomes a lot better. Take um, five minutes in the afternoon to meditate. So when you're really busy, just shut everything off, shut down, go sit or sit down on a couch or somewhere else, close your eyes, breathe deeply for five minutes and use that as a reach, uh, like as a reset. It's amazingly powerful and it'll recharge your batteries like, like nothing before. And third is to, um, is, again, is to, is to look at, is to look at food in a way that, um, or just, just think about eating foods in their fresh living states. So try to eat more of, you know, try to eat more of your foods in their plant-based, like try to eat more foods plant-based so you don't have to become vegan or vegetarian, but more plants, more vegetables, and more of them in their raw state because they contain more amounts of nutrients, more life force, more enzymes, more more hydration, and that's all going to benefit your energy. So having like a green salad, just a really simple thing, green salad with whatever else you're having, just a big green salad and a green juice in the morning. If you just did nothing else but those two, and the five minutes of meditation, you'll feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell patients, greens at every meal, have vegetables at every meal, and you can't go wrong. Awesome, Yuri. I love it. Where can our listeners keep up with what you're doing? And, um, yeah, what's next for you, my, my friend? Uh, they can follow my shenanigans at yurielkaim.com. So that's Y-U-R-I-E-L-K-A-I-M. Uh, they can also check out alldayenergydiet.com. And what's up next is um, starting to work on my next book, which is going to be awesome. Uh, it's coming out next December. 
And that's going to be talking more on kind of the fat loss side, which is kind of another, my other expertise other than energy. So that's going to be really exciting. And just from a, from a company perspective, we're, we're really doing some exciting things to, to, to really um, exponentialize our, our reach and our, our mission of helping 10 million people in the next four years. So it's, it's a lot of fun behind the scenes. Yeah. Love it. Love it, love it. And you can only do that with passion and something you really believe in. So in any way I can help, please keep me in the loop with that. Thank you. Well, being on your, being on your show is, uh, is great, so thank you. Yeah. Well, um, have a wonderful evening. I know you're going to go to sleep soon, and um, I hope to see you soon. And, um, yeah, have a great night. Absolutely. Thank you, Lauren. You too. Thanks. All right, you guys, that was our show. Love Yuri, love the book. Check out All Day Energy Diet. And um, really, I mean, I, I, I fully recommend this book. I think it's really, really good. I'm excited to recommend this for patients. So um, love that. Check out next week's show. We're going to have um, Amir Rosick on. We'll be talking all about electromagnetic frequencies, so how to protect you from cell phones and laptops and all things electromagnetic that are robbing you of energy and um, and also just, you know, just really like getting in the way of your body working optimally. So check that out next week. You can check out all of the shows on drlowradio.com. Again, Shine Natural Medicine, our party on November 19th. So if you're in San Diego, please come and hang out with us. We'd love to see you. Have a wonderful night. Take care, you guys. Bye. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy. Today only, all hats, gloves, and scarves are 50% off. Plus, get 40% off your entire purchase today at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Hats, gloves, and scarves valid 1120. 40% valid 1115 to 1120. Exclusions apply. See store for details. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.